This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. We've been talking a lot lately about the role that Macomb County will play in the November election and the role that black voters will play, especially here in Michigan. We don't often think much, though, about the intersection of those two groups. My next guest lives within the confines of that intersection. Joel Rutherford is the chair of the Democratic Black Caucus of Macomb County, and he joins me now to talk about how African-Americans in Macomb are feeling ahead of Tuesday's election. Joel, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, Good morning, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So let's start with... Uh, just a quick quick description of the black community, the black presence in Macomb County. It's a place that a lot of us associate with white voters, with white working class voters, but there is actually a sizable population of African Americans in the county. Tell us about that. Almost oh, definitely. I think the, the new census will show that uh, overall there's probably going to be about 12 percent, maybe up to 15 percent um, of you know, black residents in Macomb County. Of course, certain areas have more. Uh, I live in Warren. I think you'll see a higher percentage even here. Of course, Mount Clemens, um, other places. I mean, uh, Macomb County's changed. You know, my my first introduction to Macomb County was in 1974. I was stationed out at Selfridge when I was active duty Air Force. I came back here in 2002 um, as a federal civilian service employee out at Selfridge, and you see the difference. Now, the population has changed, the diversity and everything, but there's still, unfortunately, a lot of those old attitudes that are still here. And I think that's what people a lot of times tend to focus on in Macomb County, Mm. because we're definitely here. We vote. um, We have a record number of, of, you know, black candidates this time running for positions, you know, throughout the county and even a state rep, et cetera, county commissioners. So history is being made here for sure. So talk about the state of race relations in Macomb County as the population changes. As you pointed out, we're seeing more and more African-Americans decide that they want to make Macomb County home. That's a that's a change for the people who've lived there for a long time. And often that, you know, becomes the source of tension. Uh, Give us a sense of of what that looks like right now. Well, I think what happens is especially with the country country, you know, overall so divided, there's just a lot of fear. You know, there, there's there's that fear in the sense that things are changing. And what I try to make sure that people understand is change isn't bad. It's just different. You know, yeah, your neighbors are going to be different than maybe who they were 40, 50 years ago. That doesn't make them bad neighbors. Just get to know them. I think right now what happens is there's a lot of fear and older residents or, you know, some of these places where, you know, people are not used to it, that an older white resident a lot of times isn't so used to that. And not saying everyone is. I'm not trying to paint it with such a broad brush. But there's still those type of things that go on. And, I mean, and unfortunately, we see what happened to the Hall family in Warren where, you know, they were, as a black family, they're victims of domestic terrorism when people shot up their house and, you know, broke windows and stuff. But fortunately, you don't have that happening a lot. But at least what I do see is they are trying to make changes. You know, they they may be small, they may be incremental, but at least there is change. And I think the, the big reason that will really help that change move in a in a much quicker process is 
we get black people elected. Because I say, if we don't have you know a seat at the table, you're usually on the menu. Yeah. So we we have to be there in in those decision decision making you know positions. Yeah, I'm talking with Joel Rutherford, who is the chair of the Democratic Black Caucus of Macomb County. We're talking about the upcoming election on November third, and we're talking about African Americans in Macomb County, the role that they play in electoral decisions there. Not something that we often hear about. We generally are talking about white working class voters when we're talking about <clears throat> Macomb County. We want to hear from you as well. What is on your mind as we get closer and closer to Election Day next Tuesday? What issues are really on your mind as you make your choices? Are you making your choices now and mailing in your ballot or taking it to the clerk's office? Or are you planning to go to the polls on Election Day and cast your ballot that way. Uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there. And we will try to work them into the conversation. Um, uh, Joel, you were talking about African Americans running for uh, elected positions there in Macomb County. Give us a sense of uh, what they're running what they're running for, what races uh, feature African-American hopefuls? Um, we have uh, for state representative, uh, Olu Jabari running in District 33. For county commissioner, we have uh, Ms. Michelle Nards running for county commissioner District 1. Antoinette Wallace is running for District 9. Um, and then in, in local offices, we have Ms. Michelle Merriweather and Chesterfield Township as trustee, Ms. Tammy Patton for Clinton Township trustee, Rhonda Warner, Harrison Township trustee, Ms. Loretta Bledsoe running for Macomb Township trustee. So, you know, it, there's a, a people running everywhere and running for a lot of different mm -hmm. positions, even in, including school boards and things. And, and that's what I really want people to understand. You know, the one thing we're pushing at this time is um, don't mail in your ballot now. You know, take it to a drop box or take it's it to It's too your late court. to mail it in. Yeah, yeah, it's just too late now. So make sure that you take it in or if you have to, be safe, mask up and go to the polls. That's what we're really trying to do now is to make sure that, that everybody votes because I'd heard one of your, you know, earlier, uh, earlier listeners, you know, talk about not voting. That to me is something that I just don't want to see happen because you know, and I will say this, and this is to me, when I hear that from people, I oftentimes ask them, are, do you feel so privileged? Now, I'm not talking about white privilege now. Are, do you feel so privileged that you can sit out and feel like no matter what happens, it doesn't affect you? Mm. And that's one thing that we really stress is to vote up and down the ballot, you know, not just for, for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, but make sure that you're looking at you know, who's running for prosecutor, who's running for judges, who's running for your school boards, because they're going to have a direct impact on your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. And those are so important, especially even for, like, Michigan Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's get back to our busy lines here. Susan in Detroit, what's on your mind? Hello? Hi, Susan. Hi. So I would like to know um, what the gentleman's reaction is to the Republican Party claim, and in particular, John James and Mr. Trump's claim that the party and Mr. Trump and John James will do more as Republicans and have done more as Republicans for African-Americans than the Democrats, because I'm just truly puzzled 
by by this claim. I, I don't understand it at all, and I, I'd like to hear um, the gentleman's reaction to that and, and give me some understanding of, of what his thoughts are. Hmm. Yeah, great question, uh, Joel. Uh, Donald Trump says he has done more for African-Americans than any president since Abraham Lincoln, which I think uh, a lot of African-Americans chuckled uh, to themselves or maybe laughed out loud when he said it. But there is a a more genuine, I guess, try to, you know, appeal that they're trying to make to African-American voters about what they can do for African-Americans in in our community. John James, of course, is an African-American candidate for Senate here in Michigan, is making his own appeal uh, to African-American voters. Uh, Talk about your reactions to that and uh, uh, what what you feel, how that resonates with African-Americans who live in places like Macomb, for instance, suburban communities, rather uh, rather than Detroit. Well, I think, you know, uh, especially black voters here in Macomb County, you know, they're not going to fall for that. You know, Donald Trump just says whatever he wants to say. That doesn't make it true. You know, we've seen what he's done. I mean, over 220,000 people in this nation have died from COVID. One in, you know, five of those are African-Americans. So, you know, what we see from him basically is him turning his back on the country but allowing it to impact our communities in such a disproportionate way and doing nothing about it. Now, when it comes to John James, this is his second time around. I remember when he ran a couple of years ago against Senator Debbie Stabenow. Mm-hmm. He was 2,000 percent for Donald Trump. And when I was out canvassing at times, you know, talking to voters, you know, especially black voters sometimes would say, well, you know, there's a black man that's, that's running for Senate. I said, well, keep this in mind. If he has 2,000% for Trump, what do you think he has for you? Mm. Mm. And it's that old saying, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk. And so please, please do not fall for that okie doke. Because to <laughs> me, that's just what John James is. Mm. Uh, Susan, I really appreciate the call uh, and the question. Let's go to Bob in Chesterfield. Bob, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I really love the show. Uh, a little bit of background on me to explain my position. I grew up in Oakland County. I moved south to take a job in the oil and gas industry and pretty much remain there. Uh, my wife is from New Orleans, and we divide our time between New Orleans and a uh, place on the water here in Chesterfield. And so I sort of went through a time warp in that I understood what Macomb County was. And now that I'm here, uh, what I've noticed is that the attitude is very much that simply – uh, whites here don't want to live near blacks. And you're seeing the steady migration, Sterling Heights, Romeo, and uh, the neighborhoods uh, on the fringes of Detroit, like East Point and uh, Roseville, they're beautiful houses. It's a beautiful neighborhood, but whites simply do not want to accept that. And what's interesting for me is I'm out here, and it's a big cultural shift for me between Oakland and Macomb County, and I absolutely love my my neighbors here hmm. uh we try to avoid politics and i would say in my neighborhood i'm looking at uh 85 uh trump sign so that's basically my observation and uh i'm sorry the way things go and i think we are starting to see changes in attitude in the country about integration but it's not happening here at the speed i would love to see it happen hmm. yeah bob i really appreciate the call and that perspective uh from inside Macomb County. 
Joel uh, react to what Bob's saying? Oh, Bob's telling the truth, you know, and that's something that I'm not going to deny. There are, like I said, there are a lot of people here who have problems with the changes that are that are happening. The thing about it is, you know, Macomb County didn't get this way in a year or a decade, so it's not going to change overnight. Is you know, we try to make sure that 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 voters know, especially black voters and other voters of color. You know, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is not going to happen in a short amount of time. But if we keep working at it, you know, and people vote, do what they need to do, get involved in any way they want within their communities or the county, do that. Make your voices heard. That's the only way we're going to have change. And and honestly, Bob's right. When he's talking about people moving north, I mean, you know, there's some people that that I'm aware of that have moved from, say, here in Warren, they're so far north now, they'll be up in the thumb. But you know what? If that's what they choose to do, they can run, but they're not going to escape the change that's happening, not only in Macomb County or the state of Michigan, but this entire country. Mm. And whether they choose not to deal with it, if they want to isolate themselves, that's their choice. Mm. But what we want to see is to make sure that here in Macomb County, that the county, the cities within, make a progress that needs to happen, because we're going to make sure that we hold elected officials' feet to the fire, whether it be from the county executive on down to whoever, that they are going to have to do things to make it so that everyone feels welcome here. And that has to be more than just a slogan. You know, we have to see some real action. So, so you know, I, I often have conversations with African-Americans who live in suburban communities, and, and one of the questions I have is how comfortable they feel. I mean, I, I, I'm someone who has never been able to quite get my mind around living in a community outside uh, of a major city, and, and part of the reason is the things that I remember from growing up here in, in southeast Michigan about those communities, and, and I can understand as well as anybody that places change and things change and people change but for me there's this this hurdle still about uh, about what was and and the effect that it has on now that that prevents me from being able to do it so so give me a sense of of how comfortable that is and how you come to be comfortable living in uh, a community that that in many cases 20 or 30 years ago you would not have been allowed to live in. Right. And, you know, for me, I grew up in Ypsilanti, so that, that's a totally different world sure. I mean, than it is here. You know, I mean, we there was a, a, a black mayor in Ypsilanti elected in 1967. Mm-hmm. But what people don't realize a lot of times in Macomb County out in New Haven, there was a black mayor that was elected there in the 50s. I mean, so there, there is, you know, to me, it's like this. No one's going to scare me from where I live. I will choose to, you know, where I live because I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. There are, There is progress being made. And one of the interesting things to me that I really see is in Sterling Heights. Now, we all know that Sterling Heights had the reputation of being Sterling Whites. Mm-hmm. But right now they have developed an African-American coalition that's working with um, the city executive there. And I give Mark Vanderpool kudos for being able to do that. He's really trying to put the work in, working with the the chief of police, you know, and the other agencies within the city and really trying to do, you know, the diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, and not just talk about it, but make actual changes. So it's something that, 
you know, it is changing. And sure, is it is it the same as, you know, Detroit? Of course not, you know, or any other real large urban area. But the changes are happening. And the more that people get involved, the more that people just take an interest, you know, in, in more than just, say, you know, going to work and coming home. I understand everybody can. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be retired now, so I have time to do this. But at least vote. At least be involved in what's going on somewhat in your community. Hmm. Because if you don't do that, then we're not going to be there. Our voices are not going to be heard. Because if we're not seen, if we're not vocal about our needs in the black community, then people are going to ignore us. So I think what, what I see here is the people that are moving here, when I talk to my neighbors and things, I mean, the subdivision I'm in here in Warren is extremely diverse. I mean, you know, people are flying flags from different countries that sometimes I have to go and look up because I'm like, okay, where, what's the background? <laughs> where is that, right? Yeah, yeah and, but you know what? That's what makes it great yeah. because we can see people from all walks of life here that, you know, basically are living here because they want a better life. And really, that's what it comes down to. You know, people just want a better life. They want better schools, say, for their kids. Or, you know, they they want to be in a place where they feel like they can be accepted and excelled. And that's what I see. Now, are the politics here in Warren the way that I wish they would be? No, because we still don't have any black elected officials here in the city of Warren. And it's the third largest city in the state. But we're trying. We had people come close. So... You know, we'll keep pushing and we will get some folks elected and our voices will be heard. Yeah. Okay. Joel Rutherford, chair of the Democratic Black Caucus of Macomb County. It was really great to have you here with us. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you so much, Stephen. Appreciate the time. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk with Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, who is going to tell us about voting and all the things that you need to know about voting ahead of Tuesday's election. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. 